Few tragedies in life are more devastating than the loss of a loved one, especially when they just completely vanish with no answers. For many of us, it is difficult to imagine anything worse, but the unimaginable becomes the harshest reality for those who lose a family member due to the negligence of a company who's supposed to provide a safe and fun environment. My stories tonight begin the way so many stories of vacations of a lifetime do, but end in absolute nightmare. These are stories of three cruise ship disappearances. Okay, for me, everything you just said, except subtract company with fiance, and there's no cruise ships involved. I'm going to talk about Gabby Petito. From time to time, during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. Welcome back to another episode of How Do We Miss That? I'm Christine. And I'm John. Okay. <laughs> uh, was it a question? Yeah, it seemed like it. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. I said I'm John. And I'm John. Very statement. Oh, worthy. okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to get right into my stories because I'm interested to hear about yours. So. Yes. My sources for my stories are internationalcruisevictims.org. That's a thing. Had no idea, but it is. <laughs> Of course, all that is interesting.com happens to just creep up in every story that I research. Yes. Uh, RebeccaCorium.com. And of course, my favorite YouTuber, Kendall Ray. Mm -hmm. She did a story which kind of sparked this interest in me. So I'm going to talk to you about Rebecca Corium first. She was born on March 11th in 1987 in Chester, England. Now, I don't know if you really know this, but that's actually where my family is from that lives in England. Why would I know that? Well, because maybe I told you, maybe you heard me talk about it, but I yes, mean, they sh- are from I Chester. We're married. I should right. know, but I don't believe that's been divulged before this episode right now. Well, yes, they wow. they all live in Chester, so I don't think they're listening, but if you are, hi, family in Chester. Yes, good day, or whatever they say in England. That's Australian. Cheerio. That's goodbye. Sure. I don't uh, know. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Is that what they say? Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Ciao? No, that's Italian. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so when I heard this story and where she was from, it got me even more interested. So Rebecca, who actually went by the nickname Bex. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. It was described by close family and friends as being very happy all the time. She lived with her parents, her sister, and her two foster brothers. It's no secret that with such a bubbly personality, the best place for her to work would be on a cruise ship, right? Yes. I mean, I think so. Yes. And even better than that, on a Disney cruise ship. Oh, yes. Of course. So as cast members of Disneyland, we know exactly what's required of somebody who works for this company, right? Former cast members, yes. Right. Former, yes. So we know what they expected, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bubbly. We know how we're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like Rebecca was the perfect fit for this company. Also, as a young person, which I forgot to tell you, she was 24 at the time. Why would you not want to work on a cruise ship? Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds super amazing. And it, if I didn't have a family, does, I would yeah. totally do it. If, Although, I mean, 
it not seems speaking that, from firsthand. It obviously. seems similar to being like a flight attendant to me, getting to go to all these exotic places and do fun things in your off time. You know, I right. guess. It could be terrible. I don't know. Yeah, I have I, no idea. I have no idea. Small room. I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I think it would be fun. I think my motion sickness probably wouldn't uh, make it very nice for me. Yeah, I think that's the first interview question. <laughs> Do you get sick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so in 2010, Rebecca gets a job for the Disney Cruise Lines. Her family remembers her talking about her training that she got to do four days at Walt Disney World before she got on the ship, and she just absolutely loved it. She worked on the Disney Wonder, which at the time departed from Los Angeles, and she was really, really good at keeping up with her family, making sure that she checked in with them a lot. Everybody felt really good about the situation, and things seemed to be going really well. Mm. But if you know our show, which I hope you do, I'm sure you understand this is not going to end Happily. No, someone's going to wonder where she went. Boom. Yeah? Drop the mic. Should I hit the button? Please don't. Okay. On March 21st of 2010, Rebecca departs once again on the Disney Wonder. She calls her mother to let her know that she got on board and that everything's going great and that she would call her the next day. Well, the next day came and Rebecca did not call to check in with her mother. Come on, Bex. I know. I mentioned that she'd been really good at making sure to check in and so... You know, to us, this might not seem like a big deal. It's only been a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. But to her mother, she knew something was wrong right away. Well, she had a really great reason to, because later that evening at about 1045, she got a call from the ship's crew saying that Rebecca had gone missing. Now, I can only imagine the panic that probably sets in for a parent like that, Mm -hmm. especially knowing that you're so far away. I well, mean, there's I, nothing you could, they're in the ocean, like... Yeah, when we were discussing pre-show, you don't really go missing from a cruise ship unless you happen to not get back on in port or you went overboard or something. There's no good um, results that could possibly come from this. Right. Also, at this point, they were sailing past Mexico. So I can imagine that's probably pretty terrifying as well. Exactly. I don't yeah. know. Do people in England even know what goes on in Mexico? <clears throat> I mean, it's, I know uh, us California natives kind of... Yeah, I think understand so. the I dangers of the you know cartel and all that jazz. Well, it's a popular um, vacation spot even for them. So I think it's a really that seems like such a. I think far. it's international news to know okay. to stay away from there, and people are getting killed and whatnot and drugs. Yeah, I okay. think they know. All right. So let's take a quick look at what she was doing before she went missing. The night before they found out that she was missing, she'd been at the bar with some of her friends. She was supposed to get to work at nine o'clock the next morning. And I actually don't know if I had a chance to tell you, she worked at the youth center. So, on the boat? Yeah. So it's like where you drop your kids off to go, you know, parents can go party and yeah. have a time, right? We know that well. Well, not really, because we never cruised with our children. So. Yes, but at the gym and anywhere else we can find a youth center to leave our kids. We know it. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she was supposed to be there at nine o'clock and she never showed up. So obviously her coworkers go looking for her. She's not in any of the obvious places. So they page her and they get no response. At this point, they decide to check the cameras and are able to find video of Rebecca on deck one, which is actually where the crew is housed. And she's on the phone. People that saw the video say that she seemed really agitated, like she was having an argument with someone. But obviously, nobody could be exactly sure. It's just cameras. Footage shows someone else walking by her who clearly sees that she's upset as well. It looks like they ask if she's okay. Her face and gestures show that she's saying she's fine Mm -hmm. um 
she hangs up the phone. She walks away, and that's the last footage they have of her on the ship. Hmm. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Was this the Queen Mary? Maybe she got abducted or, uh, you know. It was the Disney Wonder. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she could have gotten abducted by aliens. I mean, it's possible. It is Anything possible, Anything is possible yeah. at this point. So, as you can imagine, immediately her parents fly out to Los Angeles so they can be there when the ship docks, which, by the way, is already three days after Rebecca has gone missing. So, the ship is still sailing on. They expected police, FBI, somebody to be there to meet them so they can start investigating. But we're told that none of the U.S. organizations would be investigating the situation. You seem surprised that they went just kept on sailing on. You maybe found this in your research, but I believe they have like morgues on these ships. If someone dies, they're not going to alter course and go find a place to drop them off. I just find that so incredibly odd. Why? I don't know. It just, I feel like if I were the captain and someone dies on my ship and be like, "Ah, we got to stop, pull everybody over. Well, yes, that makes sense. I I agree. But you know, like Mm. a a plane can make an emergency landing if they're flying over land rather quickly. Okay. If you're out in the middle of the Pacific or Atlantic, these things don't go that fast. You're looking at days before you might be at landfall. So they just continue on. Well, I get it. But wouldn't the Coast Guard come or something? I, I don't know. It just seems so weird that they just continue on with their cruise. I don't know. Yeah. It's just me. It's a, cruise ships are it's, not a good not place only, to get sick. It's not the you. only cruise that continues that. You'll hear in my story. Oh, great. So. Anyway, her parents are put into a car with completely blacked out windows and taken to a different entrance where they can board the ship without anyone seeing them. I'm sure you can imagine that Disney would want to keep this quiet, especially since there's another cruise just about to board in just a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. So they basically like let people off, clean it up, get a new ship going. Yes, like it's turn and burn them. Turn around. Let's go. So anyway, her parents finally get to talk to the captain of the ship and they asked him what he believed might have happened. And here's his theory. You ready for this? I'm ready. He thinks that she decided to go up to deck five where conveniently there happened to be no cameras. After having had such a terrible phone call, she goes to clear her head and think about some things. And she sat on the railing and then a big wave came and swept her out to sea. Oh yeah. Cause that happens. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds like a great answer. Yeah. If I was her parents, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That works. Yeah. Thanks. Um, no. <laughs> well, her family pretty much feels the same way that we do. They didn't really believe what he had to say, but it seemed like they just didn't want to accept any other version of the story at this point. The crew, they thought she fell overboard and they didn't want to try to investigate whether something may have actually happened to her. Mm -hmm. So two months later in May, the bank actually contacts her parents to let them know that there had actually been some activity on her credit card. So this gives them a little bit of hope, but nothing actually comes from this. And one of her cousins actually tries to get into her Facebook account like right around this time, but they find that her password had recently been changed. Ooh. Yeah. So was it her? Was it somebody who has access to her? You know, it, it feels like hope, but also like not hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I feel like it's a really good indicator that either she's still alive or that she definitely met with foul play. It definitely doesn't seem like she just fell off the ship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My first thought was maybe kidnapped, but I feel like that would be very hard to do. 
Well, so apparently... Unless you can fit someone in like some luggage or something. This is actually a thing. People get smuggled off of ships and trafficked, I guess. That seems to be a thing. Yeah, I can see that. I was thinking like a traditional kidnapping. Somebody just grabbed her. But how do you get her off the ship without kicking and screaming and something looking wrong? Unless right. you fit her, like I said, you can fit her in your luggage. I don't right. know. Right. I mean, the stories I've heard where people have been believed to have been trafficked have been at a port at that time. So not in the middle of the ocean, you know? Yes. Well, the family still hasn't received an official report from the Bahamian or the Royal Police. Crew members who have been interviewed seemed like they knew that there was something else going on, but they couldn't say. A bartender actually even told an investigator that it didn't happen, but that's what I'm supposed to say. That actually sounds like a very typical a Disney, very Disney response. Answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually a journalist who was investigating one on the same exact route that she would have taken, talked to people, and he said they actually, some of them got like, upset and were like don't talk to me about this like got really frustrated and angry got defensive i guess about it Um, wow he said that he was met with like i don't want you to put my identity on here like just very fishy Hmm. like i did there yeah that's good that's good it was really good yeah anyway so let's talk about some theories here so she could have actually fallen off the ship yeah i mean it's possible she also could have jumped Records show that the sea was actually really calm that night, though. So the wave taking her out seems a little bit far-fetched. Also, you would think that there would be reports of, like, flooding or some kind of damage if, like, a big, huge wave came and was enough to sweep someone off the boat. Also, I forgot to mention her parents had gone up to that deck to see, you know, if this was even a possibility. They could barely see over the railing. Mm. So it would have been really difficult to get yourself up on there. So that well, was well. She could have pulled a, a rose, a little strange, a rose DeWitt Picator, and was hanging on the. This is very trail. Leaning far over to see the propellers, and right. then, but there's no Jack Dawson. And Jack was not there, right? That's so that that could have happened, I guess. Right. Well, she could have been murdered, right, or thrown overboard. Yeah. She could have been taken off the boat, like we just discussed. There's not evidence to show this, but it's possible, of course, right. Some people believe that maybe she took her own life. She was in a relationship that was rocky. Her girlfriend actually explained that they were great one minute and then terrible the next minute. Mm-hmm. But others say she would have never done that, citing that she was actually planning a trip to Disneyland Paris with her family, and she was really, really excited about it. So I feel like if you're super excited about something, you're not going to just off yourself. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Also, they interviewed the girlfriend who said that their relationship was rocky, but she also didn't say that they were talking that night. Mm. so that might not have been the argument going on. So we don't even know who she was talking to. No one's come forward to say, Oh, it was me. We were chatting. Yeah. You know, whatever. Well, to this day, there are no leads. Her family settled with Disney in 2015 for an undisclosed amount. Mm -hmm. Make this go away money. Right. There's actually a website about Rebecca. And as much as the family knows, if anyone's interested, it is Rebecca dash corium.com. You know what? If, if we did that to our kids and just settled, I feel like they would come back one day and be like, what the fuck? How much, uh, how much was I worth Yeah, to just stop looking for me? I always, <laughs> unbelievable. I can't believe that. I always think of those like wrongful death type things, the suits that come from those. And I, I almost want to be like, you guys are 
should be punished. I don't want your money, but like you need to be punished. Yeah. You I know get, what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I would want, I but don't in know. this particular case, I she's really still, say how I'd feel honestly. she's still missing. Right. This is not a closed case. Truth. You know, if, if there had some kind of evidence of death or something, then I get it. Fine. Settle. But she's still out there somewhere. So they're just giving up and saying they put a price on her. Yeah, I guess. messed up, man. I don't know. Wow. Well, there are literally hundreds of these cases just like this where someone's disappeared from a cruise ship. In 40% of these cases, foul play is thought to be involved. Wow. So I have some more stories for you. It's crazy. Yeah. So I went on to that uh, internationalcruisevictims.org. There are pages and pages and pages of stories. (laughs) Most of them are like sexual assault, theft, um, there was a illness, probably a lot of illness that weren't taken yeah. care of. Right. And yeah. then get home and die or mm-hmm. die on the ship because nobody, you know, treated them like they were supposed to. Yeah. Um, there was a couple who were the fire alarm was faulty in their cabin and they were burned to death in their beds because they were asleep. Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of creepy. There's like a lot of stuff, but I combed through some of them and found two of the disappearance cases that kind of I seen like I felt like they related to Rebecca Mm -hmm. in some way like they had the same circumstance pretty much so the first one I want to tell you about is it was on July 5th 2005 George A. Smith the fourth tragically went overboard during his honeymoon cruise aboard the Royal Caribbean ship Brilliance of the Seas Mm. that's sad that is sad After being together since June 8th, 2002, George and his new wife, Jennifer Smith, were more than excited to be embarking on a romantic 12-day, 12 days. That's a lot of time on a boat. Yeah. It was a Mediterranean cruise that they had planned together, but halfway through the cruise, the unthinkable happened. A night that began with a romantic dinner for two ended with a tragic death. George had, in air quotes, accidentally... Fallen overboard, mm-hmm. according to cruise officials and the ship's captain. Employees found blood beneath their balcony, they explained, not really realizing anything was wrong until receiving the news from cruise employees. Jennifer began going in and out of shock, but her nightmare was just beginning. Instead of actually investigating, the crew insisted that Jennifer disembark in Turkey, where she spent hours and hours being interrogated. While she was with Turkish police, the ship sailed away with all of the evidence and any eyewitnesses that may have some answers. Months and months pass by and there are still no answers. Answers that can only come from vital information from the cruise line. So nothing. They still don't have anything. No idea. Zero. And, and we just don't care? That's just it? gone. Like, oh, yeah. He, poof. Wow. Disappeared. There's actually a $100,000 reward. <clears throat> For new information directly leading to the arrest or conviction of the person or persons responsible for the death of George Smith. So if you know anything, please. I don't know who to call. Turkey? <laughs> Jennifer Jennifer Hagel-Smith? I guess. I'm not really sure. Don't call Turkey. I'm, I'm thinking that won't go well. Well, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Probably not. Mm, who knows? All right. One more. On September 16th, 2012... Ariel Marion and her mother, Varey, embarked on a seven-day Caribbean cruise. Where are these people going on such long cruises? Well, it's a kind of a waste of time to go on a three-dayer. Those are for poor people like us. Oh. That's all we've ever done, I think. We have. Correct. I did a seven-day once, but uh, 
I wished it was three. A seven day that you wish was three? Yeah. Why? It Why was my it? first honeymoon and it was not oh. good. I'm I would have sure been, it was I just been okay fine. No, it wasn't. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I don't like Mexico, and it was all around Mexico, and I was like, Ew. Why did you do that then? Why didn't you go I, s- cruise somewhere else? That, that's for our other show. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll moving talk about that. Moving <laughs> on. Again, seven-day cruise, like I said, Caribbean cruise with, yet again, Royal Caribbean. We are never going on Royal Caribbean or Carnival ever again. I feel like if you're going to go to the Caribbean, though, you should have Caribbean in the cruise line's name. I guess. Anyway. And the first one was Disney. Come on, I don't feel very warm and fuzzy about that one. Yeah, but I, I shared on social media, for those of you that are following, at, how did we miss that, um, a graphic mm-hmm. that showed disappearances from cruise lines. Disney has only had two. Okay. And Royal Caribbean and Carnival were like 50 some odd ridiculous amounts of people. Well, if we go on a, if and when we go on a Disney cruise and you happen to go missing, at least I know they'll pay me off. That's true. That's a bonus. At least you know we'll get These that. other ones don't seem to do anything, so. Truth. If you're going to cruise, cruise deep pockets, so when you kill your spouse, you can get money. I like it. There's my PSA for today. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, anyway, her mother, Ariel and her mother, Varey, they shared a cabin with a balcony. Mm, balconies. And they were part of a group of over 600 people that were on the cruise. At the reception at the beginning of the cruise, several of the male employees who were serving kept asking Ariel to meet them later. I feel like this has to be some kind of policy, right? To meet them later? No, I would feel like people that work there can't date the customers. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would feel like that has to be I don't know if it's a policy, but I guarantee you there's people hooking up left and right on those things. Well, I'm sure, but not with like the guests. Why not? I don't know. Every seven days you get 600 new people to choose At from. Kellerman's, they're not allowed to fraternize with the guests. Yeah, but they did. Truth. And we know and how that turned fired, out. You see. Yeah, but he came back and danced the pachanga. <laughs> <laughs> All is well at the end. For anybody who does not know our references, we are discussing Dirty Dancing. The best movie of all time. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Castle and uh, Baby Hausman. Baby Hausman. Anyway, moving Francis. back to Francis. Francis. Moving back to cruises. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, the reception broke up around 6.30 p.m. And Ariel and her mother went to their cabin. Around 8 p.m., Ariel said she was going to the pool. And Varey decided to take a nap before her 8.30 dinner with other members of their group. At around 8.30 p.m., a woman whose cabin was on deck 10 calls the emergency line and reports that something had fallen from the deck above her. Meanwhile, Varey is waking up from her nap and heading to dinner. While she's eating, three security guards approach her take her to a secluded area and ask for her whereabouts that evening and whether her daughter can swim. Hmm. I feel like that would be really alarming. Yeah. Red flag. <laughs> like, Hey, where have you been? Also, does your daughter swim? <laughs> I feel like that's like alarm yeah. bells going crazy in my head at the moment. Yes. Anyway, Varey was taken to another cabin and refused access to her clothing and her belongings. So she stayed in like a secluded cabin the rest of the time. Not until about 11.30 did the ship finally put out an emergency call. A search did not begin until about 1 a.m., which is when the Coast Guard later reported being contacted. So at 1 a.m., the Coast Guard was contacted saying, "Mm, we're missing someone. Yeah. So at least they contacted the Coast Guard that time. Yeah. That's nice. For the next six days, she was confined to a cabin, and her group was told that she simply went home. Hmm. 
when the cruise docked. She was escorted to her flight and accompanied home by a cruise team care member. Like somebody actually took her home. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, I feel like that's a like, I don't know. Like, are they suspicious of her? Like what? No, I think the companies do this when there's like some kind of weird trauma really? or something. Yeah. Disney oh, had one. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. The airport has one here in Boston. Well, she still has no answers. Yeah. Those are my stories. There are hundreds. Go on that website. Yeah, that's crazy. Tons of them. I can tell you from uh, my security mindset that there's a whole bunch of things wrong with cruises that just ask for this to happen. Well, international waters. I was just about to say that. No real security. You can just, oh, poof, throw someone overboard and they're gone. Right. They're gone. That's the best place to dispose of a body is in the ocean. Uh, I, I mean, there's just so many things that can go wrong. Illness, food poisoning, malpractice. Plus, you're dealing with these companies, and especially now, that don't want to lose any money because they just lost a year of money. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. You got to keep your guard up on those things. And then forget about the ports they go to in some of these countries that are mm-hmm. dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. crazy. It's a, it seems like a glamorous vacation. And I know people that are go on them, you know, three times a year or whatever. It's like all they do, but it's bananas. I don't know. Well, with our, our vacation ever looming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figured those would be good stories to do. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I feel really good about it now. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is big news. In fact, it's such big news that as soon as we hit stop, I'm going to edit this and I'm releasing this episode a day early. Because there is some major breaking news about this. Okay. So the episode will be available like right after we're done. Oh, recording. I get it. Okay. Not really a day, a few hours early. A few hours. <laughs> but that's only because I feel like when we put this girl's name in the search bar, this will get picked up right away because it is all over the place. Like literally, I have like I have 10 stories myself, but every time I go on Facebook and Instagram, there's something about Gabby Petito. I have a hard time with that word, but that's how it's said. I've heard it. I keep wanting to say Petito with a D, but it's Petito. And it's ironic because she is very petite, very small. She was like 5'5", five, five, 110 or something. Small. That is pretty tiny. Yeah. Well, I don't know about 5'5", five, five, but the 110 is pretty tiny. Yes. So I, I want to pat myself on the back a little bit here. I'm always on the lookout for news stories that I can do my rip from the headlines thing or whatever. And I picked up on this the minute it came out. Right. And then it started getting all kinds of traction. I didn't do anything. I didn't post about it or anything. But just from paying attention, I knew about this. And I put together in my weird brain that's not so great sometimes that there's this is weird. They all happened in Moab, Utah. There was connections. And if you remember, everyone, episode 45 from the 30th of August, I covered a murder that happened in Moab. Yes. Of two ladies that were shot. I'll get into this in a minute, but investigators are kind of looking for a connection between these. Three people, female, have gone missing from Grand Teton National Park, mm-hmm. which is where, sadly to report, I'll, I'll jump to the, the major news from today. The FBI and search party found a body mm-hmm. um, this evening, Sunday evening, that matches the description of Gabby. They haven't tested it and they have don't have proof yet, but... It's her. I mean, the the poor FBI Let's guy. Let's hope that it's not someone else. Right. Well, the poor FBI guy who was 
clearly doesn't deal with things like this very often because he's from the Colorado office and handles like, yeah. you know, Wyoming and part of, you know, this stuff doesn't happen there. Right. You could hear he was super nervous and he started his little press conference by saying condolences to the family. This must be a terrible time for their loss. And so all before he even said anything else, we're like, that's her. She's dead. Right. You know, which we kind of assumed she was probably dead. I mean, either that or she's pulling off one big heist and going missing. But yes, her body was found. So there's this is going to be blowing up over the next couple days. Um, but you said you missed this or you weren't really no, paying I, attention. No, no, no. I didn't miss it. It's been like you said, it's been all over the place. <clears throat> but I've also been so busy and haven't had a chance to like sit and really read. So I have a tiny bit of information, but not a lot. So I'm interested to hear All right, so what I'm you gonna, have to say. I'll give a little recap. This actually is the article I saved from September 12th, so a week ago now. And at this point, Gabby had already been missing for over two weeks. The last known text and kind of communication from her to her mom was on August 25th. Okay. So she's 22 years old. She set out on a road trip with her boyfriend slash fiance, we're hearing now it's fiance, in a converted camper van in early July to tour national parks, according to her family. But she disappeared in late August and they haven't heard from her in more than two weeks. Now, this is this story was written on the 12th, so I'm reading it um, and so it might sound like it's old. Her mother's pleading for help in finding her daughter. Well, this kicked off some huge like thing, right? And have you heard about any of the more recent stuff? Mm-mm. No, nothing. All right, Gabby's mom told Fox News that she received a text message from her on August 25th. Like I said, she and this is a quote from her. I don't know if she left Grand Teton or not. I did receive a text from her on the 27th and the 30th, but I don't know if it was technically her or not because it was just a text. I didn't verbally speak to her. Schmidt said that Petito and her boyfriend started their road trip in early July, traveling first from Florida to New York. They then left New York and eventually got to Salt Lake City, Utah in August, but were leaving the city amid heavy wildfire smoke. Mm. Okay. The couple stopped in Grand Teton National Park, which I should have looked on a map. I don't know where that. I thought that was not like between all these places, but apparently it is, I guess. Yeah, I don't... I guess it's like Wyoming area, because that's where her body was found. Right, and I want to say that that is, like when we were planning our road trip up that direction, that was one of the places we were going to hit. Okay. And I thought it was right around there. Like right around Yellowstone, maybe? Ish. Okay. I don't remember, but that something's telling me that was Glacier National Park, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Well, they they stopped in Grand Teton on August 25th before a planned trip to Yellowstone is what her mom okay, said. Okay, there we go. Um, and that was her last known location. They were traveling in a 2012 Ford white van that was converted into a camper. We saw one on the road today that was red, and mm-hmm. I noticed it. I don't know if you noticed it, but it's got like that sloped front. It's kind of right. short van. Have you seen pictures of the van? No. For this? Okay, well, it's a very popular conversion type. If I'm right. going to go live a nomad van lifestyle. Gotcha. Her mother said, also told Fox News, I can't say much, but she's no longer with the van. I don't want to say anything more than that, but for people looking for her, I want you to look for her, not the van anymore. 
So this was back on the 12th. That's and when weird. I was reading this what the first time, statement. yeah, I was like, things are weird like, here. Like, you can't say very much. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So I started to get the sense that somebody, what? some people, like, knew something going on here. It was weird. Petito's boyfriend could not be immediately reached for comment last Sunday as well. Okay. So he wasn't commenting. Mom's making some weird statements. Um, her and her boyfriend Wait, started. Can, to, sorry, what, can I stop? You? I'm sorry, I yeah. did not mean to interrupt you. That's quite all right. Has he been contacted since the last time she was contacted? Do you know? Oh boy, we'll get there. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll all get right. there. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to the next article that I grabbed four days, or, or a little bit after um, September 12th. This was from September 15th, 16th. Utah investigators are not ruling anything out in double homicide near Gabby Petito incident. Now, what they mean by this incident, um, and this is another article I have. We'll just chat about this for a minute instead of reading the article. There's body camera footage that has since been released that their van was pulled over in Moab, Utah, by Moab police. Oh. After speeding and hitting a curb. Now, if you look at this okay. footage, and I think we should post it maybe, um, it's too long to play over the air here, but they, the police officer goes up, knocks on the passenger window, and Gabby's sitting there and she's crying, like just bawling her eyes out, very upset. And the guy is like leaning over and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, we were speeding, whatever. And so the officer, good police officer, immediately picks up on and says, you know, something's not right here. She doesn't look comfortable. And so he says, hey, you know, what's going on? And she goes, oh, no. She she pipes up and says, oh, we were fighting and I distracted him. That's why he was speeding and he hit the curb. So, again, another red flag goes off for the very good officer. And he says, you know, why don't you step out of the car? Do you mind stepping out of the car? She tells He tells the um, boyfriend, take the keys out of the ignition and I'm hand them to me. I'm going to put them on the hood so he can't take off. Meanwhile, a bunch of other cops come. There's a whole bunch of people there now. They pull her aside. And they're talking to her and just saying what's going on. And she says, yeah, we were having a fight back at our last camp spot. They're talking to him, doing a typical like domestic violence right. type, you know, separation. Let's get everyone's side of the story. They don't have enough to press any charges. However, they ask them to stay separated for the night. So they take him <sighs> and they check him into a motel and she sleeps in the van somewhere else. Okay. Okay. This was early on in their trip. This is in Moab, Utah, not where they were headed in Grand Teton National Park. Okay. But this incident was around the people I covered in a couple episodes ago. Right. Episode 45 that were killed. They were shot to death. There's been no mention of this guy having any, any guns or any firearms in the van or anything like that. So I don't know that they're connected, but they're not ruling it out because... All this happened in the same kind of area. There was a fight. He seems like a violent guy. That's where people are starting to put okay. this together. This article, again, came out three to four days after the original one that said, hey, this girl's missing. You follow me so far? Yes. So the third article I have is that police cam footage. And um, should I play it? You want me to play it? No, no, no. Yeah, it's just kind of a long investigation, but... I want you to look at it when we're done with this, and then we should definitely post a clip if we can. Okay. Because um, you can see she's she's in distress. I mean, I've right. been doing security work alongside law enforcement a long time. There's something not right here. His attitude is like way too calm and like trying to downplay everything, and she looks she looks distraught, like something's not right. It's more than just a fight. Okay. Okay. 
All right, here's where things start getting interesting. This is from three days ago. The headline for this article says, Gabby Petito's father says fiancé Brian Laundry is his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird name. Should be leading the charge to find missing daughter, but he's not. He's not trying to, he's not saying anything. Mm. He's not upset that she's missing. So everything starts, red flags start going off like, well, maybe he's involved. We know from this show and many others, of course, he's the number one person of interest. Always. Regardless. But now things are starting to get, you know, a little fishy. I'll read parts of this article. Gabby's father, Joe, urged the nation to focus on finding his 22-year-old daughter before shifting the focus to her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, who was named a person of interest. Like, he wants to find her before they try to figure out if he's involved even more. Okay. Because he just wants to find her. And as a parent of a father, a father of a daughter, I feel like I'd feel the same way. Like, just find my kid. I don't care about prosecution or anything right now. Right. Just find her. He said on Fox and Friends First, which is a show on Fox News Thursday, that the situation is heart-wrenching and his primary focus is locating his daughter. He's not even going to try to worry about the guy right now. I have to, this is a quote, I have to be out there to help her because the one person who is supposed to be leading the charge is sitting at home in his lazy boy, not talking to anybody. Speaking of laundry. So that was again, three days ago. Things are starting to heat up here. Gabby's family was growing impatient with laundry since he arrived home in early September without Gabby. So he went back home to Florida. Mm. Didn't have her. Um, I think he had the van too. That's why she came out and said, don't, you know, look for the van. We know where the van is. We know where he is, but she's not there. She's missing. Okay. 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 Here's where things get really current. This article was published 21 hours ago. Okay. So September 18th ish. Um, Gabby Petito, police searching for her fiance. Family says he's been missing for four days or for days. So his family, there's footage of all this out there was not being helpful either. The press and the police are going to his house where he lived with his parents and was like, can we talk to um, Brian? Where's Brian? Whatever. They just ignore him. We're not going to help you. We're not going to talk. Weird. They finally went in and collected some evidence. There is some footage of that police like entering the home. But then all of a sudden his parents say, oh, you know what? He's missing. We don't even know where he is. <laughs> okay. But he was home. Okay. So police in Northport, Florida confirmed this is yesterday. They are now searching for a missing woman um, for, I'm sorry, for Gabby's fiance, Brian late Friday. And his family tells police they haven't seen him since Tuesday. Okay. So he's been missing for like three or four days now. Officers has gone to Laundry's home on Friday, expecting him to be there. They were going to finally question him. And, you know, I probably, I guess, do you get arrested or do you just get detained for questioning? How does that work? No, they just bring you in for questioning. If you're not under arrest, then you can leave. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just questioning. Yeah. So he's still just a person of interest and he's not wanted for any crime at this point. Okay. So, again, yesterday, he's not wanted for any crime. He's just a person of interest. And now this is a two missing persons case. Right. They're treating them both as missing persons. So who knows what's going on? Like, were they abducted by aliens? Like we said in your stories, <laughs> who knows? At this point, everybody's missing. I, I think we have a pretty good idea what's going on, though, even before the bodies were found today. Bodies? Um, body, sorry. Body. Oh, I was like, what? I meant to say remains. That's why I screwed that up. 
Um, so this is the most recent story from five hours ago before we recorded. Body found in Wyoming Park consistent with description of Gabby Petito. It was found in the vicinity of a camping area in Wyoming on Sunday, and it's consistent with her description, so it must be a small white female. Um, and this is about just over a week since she was reported missing, but she's been missing for almost a month now. It'll okay. be a month and a few days. The coroner for Teton County, where the search was being conducted, told NBC News that a body had been found in the Bridger-Teton National Forest, which is right next to Grand Teton National Park. At a press conference shortly after, an FBI official said that the cause of death had not yet been determined. So, if we find out that the cause of death was gunshot, I'm linking all these babies together. Okay. He did it. Well, um, because in my opinion, he looks creepy. And from the first one, they had reported sending a text message to family back home saying that there's a creepy guy near our campsite. Right. So in my opinion, this guy looks like a creeper. Before I even knew most of this story, I'm like, there's something not right about this guy. As we know, I'm super skeptical and suspicious of everyone. So maybe that's just me. But I'm turning out to be a little right in this one, mm-hmm. I think. So, uh Yeah. Interesting. So the body still has to go through forensic identification to confirm 100% it is her. I haven't been on my social media while we've been recording, so that may have happened by now. I don't know. If not, we will expect that tomorrow. But um, this is definitely an an unfolding case. There will be more news as we go on, probably next week when we record. If uh, he's been found, then we'll obviously give an update on that. And if he's still missing, we'll find out about that apparently he left his home with a backpack like a hiking backpack and they said depending on what kind of supplies he has or whatever he could survive and vanish off the grid and Mm. just you know change his identity and be gone forever uh but deputies and fbi were looking for him in florida everglades area right because that's where he vanished off into the woods okay so yeah creepy creepy as like i said earlier as a father this story really scares me so, right. you know, if our daughter says she wants to go off on some nomadic uh, van road trip, the answer is no. <laughs> I don't even care if you're engaged. The answer is no. Okay. I like it. So that's the story for now. There's tons of information and lots of people that can tell it better than me. So go out and look for it. Yes. The press conference today had almost 100,000 viewers on the live stream. Oh, I'm sure. So this is a big deal right now. Right. All right. Well, if you want any more information about these cases, please make sure to follow us on social media. How did we miss that? And until next week, keep your head up and look out for each other.